everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. Screonk. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's time it, for us to talk about another Godzilla movie. It's Godzilla, everybody. This is although our podcast uh, where we do the Godzillas. Although this is uh, Godzilla and Godzilla-adjacent films. True. Very true. And Very uh, true. Well, we're going to be talking about a Godzilla-adjacent film today, which opened my eyes Ooh. in ways I didn't expect, and we'll get to that. I'm excited about this, but uh, for anyone new, my name is William Bibiani. I am a critic for The Rap. I also write for Slash Film. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I write for Slash Film. Uh, I don't have a cute nickname, but I'm a big Godzilla fan. I've seen uh, most of these movies, but not the one we're talking about today. You've seen all of the Godzilla movies proper. The ones that are with like Godzilla in the title, yes. But when we decided to do a podcast where we would review every single Godzilla movie, we decided that we should also include the Godzilla-adjacent movies, the movies featuring... Various monsters or characters or other Godzilla elements, which would either eventually be canon or would be sort of offshoots. Yeah, of spin, the canon. spinoffs of Godzilla canon. Which means that eventually, you know, we're going to do not just King Kong versus Godzilla. We're going to do the King Kong sequel mm. that Toho did. But we're not going to be doing the original 1930s King Kong because that version of King Kong never met Godzilla. That's right. Different vibe. This is uh, only the things that are... I, I know a lot, a lot of people sort of are sticklers for what this word means, but canon. Yeah. The canonical Godzilla films and other Toho monster films. Indeed. So we are going to be talking today about our first non-Godzilla movie. However, this movie introduces another kaiju, another giant monster, who is going to be a regular guest star mm-hmm. in a variety of Godzilla projects. In fact, after this film... This character will appear in about a half dozen Godzilla movies up till uh, some of the more recent American ones. That's right. And we're talking about a little guy called Rodan. Uh, No relation to the sculptor? No, no. Spelled differently? uh, And in fact, um, the original Japanese name was uh, Radon. Oh. Not Rodan, but Radon, essentially. But they uh, decided that Radon, since Radon is an element, mm. uh, would be confusing for American audiences. Oh, okay. So uh, when they transliterated it into English, they changed the name to Rodan. Which, which actually reminds me, when we talked about the uh, American version of uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, we, we kind of skimmed over the fact that they changed Godzilla's name. We talked mm-hmm. about it when we discussed Gojira, but if you heard a most recent episode about the American redub and re-edit yeah, and yeah. reshoot of the original Godzilla classic, yeah, they, they changed Gojira mm-hmm. to Godzilla, which... Which is a, a pretty, pretty stretch... Even when you're boldlerizing something, uh-huh. it's quite a stretch to go from Gojira... Uh-huh. I mean, go, maybe Godzilla, because there's, no, uh, there's no L sound in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And they and the R is typically a sharp R. Yeah. So uh, it one could maybe hear uh, an L and an R being transposed. Theoretically. Uh, theoretically. If, if you're not paying that much attention. But how right? could you not pay that much attention? You're like going if, through this movie with a fine tooth comb and redubbing uh, it. Uh, it's nonsense. I, I, there were pretty wide toothed combs back okay. in the day. <laughs> I suppose that's uh, true. And. Um, but how you get from a J sound, like a hard J, mm-hmm. pretty clear hard J sound, yeah. to the the DZ sound is a little strange. Yeah. Godzilla is, is 
I don't, I, I don't really hear I that. maintain that there is, uh, you know, there's a certain gravitas mm-hmm. to the word Godzilla. It has God in it. Yeah. And then Zilla, which, you know, everyone's favorite suffix. We attach Zilla, it to yeah. everything these days. Well, now we do. But yeah. yeah, but not at that time. This is like a new nonsense thing. But yeah, it, there's something. It just it's it's a god and it's kind of monstery. So it's a Godzilla. You god know, monster. You yeah. know how it is. Um, so yeah, Rose, uh, Rodan. Turns out they did the same thing. Uh, Rodan is a gigantic pteranodon, which mm. is uh, like a lot of the early part, also part of its name. Pteranodon, yeah. radon, radon. It yeah. makes it makes more sense now that I know mm. the original name. I. Uh, a lot of the early Godzilla monsters were either dinosaurs or very clearly inspired by dinosaurs. Yes. And Rodan is definitely an example of that. There isn't a Pteranodon, to the best of my knowledge, the size of a football field. No. no well, I mean, also, Godzilla's pretty huge. Exactly. And Gyrus was pretty huge. They're, right, right. They're, they're taking liberties. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. They clearly took a big inspiration from, hey, there's a giant monster bird from the from the millions of years ago mm. well let's get one of those suckers in here now why not let's yeah. go nuts um i had always maintained that uh gojira was mm. the first godzilla movie uh then there was godzilla raids again yep which was sort of like the the cheapy that they rushed out because the first one was really successful mm. so it, it and it feels like a cheapy that they kind of rushed mm. out there's fun a lot though. that fun to watch but Still not quite in the spirit of things, and uh, in yeah, they hadn't cracked in, the formula. In my heart, it wouldn't be until King Kong versus Godzilla, mm. the first one in color, that sort of the spirit of what we consider a Godzilla movie would start to enter the picture. Because those first, that first movie is very maudlin. Mm-hmm. That second movie is uh, a lot looser, a yeah, little, more like, pulpy. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a little bit more of like like an adventure serial. Yeah, uh, and the third one was okay. We're gonna just do like colorful very kid-friendly monster fight movies. Mm-hmm. And that would be sort of the tone that they'd go through moving forward. Right. Rodan had that first. Yeah. Rodan was shot in color, and it's yeah. the first kai- uh, first kaiju movie in this series to be shot in color. Mm-hmm. Also directed by Ishiro Honda, uh, directed who directed the original Gojira. Ishiro Honda. Um, same, uh, 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 I think it's the same actor played Godzilla and Rodan. Mm-hmm. There's um, some, some, yeah, there's some, definitely some crossover. It's the same composer. Same composer. And you can music, tell, yeah. too, like, it actually feels like they're in the same universe. I- just, Kube, be- yeah. just because every time things get really ominous in Rodan, you hear that iconic bum, 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 bum. The bum yeah. Great. One of my favorite musical themes. Bum, 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 that's how you know he's walking. It's like the, that's him going down, that foot coming down, and then foot coming up again. Bum, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and of course the Godzilla theme, like the actual, it's like a march almost. Yeah. Da, 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 well, because it was originally da, the military theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was just so, it was so iconic, they just stuck with it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we don't get one of those in Rodan. But, well, we didn't But it's, it's clear, um, uh, Ifukube is the, the, the composer's name. Um he also worked on a lot of the Zatoichi movies, which was another long-standing uh, Japanese action movie franchise yeah. about a blind swordsman. Uh, if you've never seen the Zatoichi movies, you are in for a treat. They <laughs> they churned those out. Maybe like two, three a year or something. But yeah, there, yeah, there, there are those things. There's there are, 24. There's like 20. I, I lost track. There's about 24 of them. Most of them came out in the 60s. Yeah. Like the vast majority... <laughs> And here's the deal. I haven't seen every single one, but I've never seen a bad one. 
I don't see most yeah, of them. I've, I've never seen, seen a bad like one. two or three of those things. Like they're, yeah, they're all they're, good. They're pretty terrific. Yeah. I saw the um, uh, Beat Takeshi one. Um, oh, yeah, that's a, from, from like the mid 2000s. There's some controversial elements of that, some story choices that not everyone liked, yeah. but I think it's fucking great. Yeah. I yeah. love that movie. It's a, there's like a drag story. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. some, some fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but Rodan, I think, is the one that laid the template for Godzilla movies going forward. And mm. we talked about it before how, you know, the first 30 minutes, uh, something mysterious is happening and everybody's panicking. Uh, right at the end of that first act, that's when Godzilla first shows up. Mm-hmm. And Godzilla starts to wreak havoc, and the military try to stop Godzilla. Right. And then the third act, that's usually there's a secondary monster, and the third act is Godzilla proves himself good by fighting off the worst monster. Now, Rodan doesn't follow uh, that exactly, because they actually invert it. Yeah. Where the, the middle act is actually, there's more secondary monsters. Mm. And then the last act is the government trying to but, stop yeah, the, Rodan. But, yeah, but it's still the, one act just, per just chapter. Under, just under 90 minutes. And yeah, the, the entire first act is, we're leading up into the monster. And mm. uh, it was filmed so much more dynamically than Godzilla, Gogeta, which mm. was just a few years before. There's some really fantastic, especially towards the end. Mm. When you finally get like when when because Rodan doesn't really show up until about a third of the way through the movie, and then we don't get a great look at Rodan like mm. in action for a little while. When we do, there's some glorious shots of Rodan, and it's yeah, it's clearly a guy in a suit, but they got him like in a wire, and he's mm. like flapping his wings, and he's kind of in slow mo, and he's like wrecking. Oh, Meanwhile, my cat is wrecking things. Yeah, Thank <laughs> you. Cat's knocking things over. Uh, but he's like he's like wrecking a building in slow mo, and you know, and you know what? It looks epic. Yeah, it yeah. looks really freaking cool. Actually, like I'm, I'm mm. genuinely impressed uh, by that aspect of the production. Something I liked about Rodan uh, that we actually wouldn't get from a lot of kaiju movies going forward is sort of the animal nature of these monsters. Mm. We got kind of got that with the original Gojira. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would eventually do it again with uh, Shin Godzilla and Shin Godzilla most certainly because when when that, that, uh, Godzilla that's, that's first just shows a creature up, on land, that's, yeah, well, he has no agents. In fact, when uh, when he first shows up, it's not even like it. It's like a Pokemon evolution. It starts out in like this lesser form. It's this big oh, it's like fish it, thing. It's like he's just been s- born and he's like writhing, yeah, but he's so like gigantic, spewing out all this it's, fluid everywhere. It's genuinely it's really gross, frightening yeah. that version. Like maybe big, more so than any inexpressive other. Inexpressive eyes. Yeah, Godzilla's like an animal in that one. It's rare yeah. that Godzilla feels like an animal. Yeah, he's usually and got the, like some, uh, uh, well, at the very least an animal with a lot of personality. Like, yeah. you know, Lassie is an animal, but Lassie also mm. is Lassie. Yeah. Got a lot of personality. It feels like a character, not just yeah, I, someone's pet. I, I feel that way about Rodan. Rodan mm. feels like a, a, just a bird. Yeah. Just a really big bird that is just smashing into stuff. It's eating other giant creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, this one takes place mostly underground, which is weird for yeah. like a, a movie about a flying monster. Yeah, but, it's yeah, kind of. Uh, it I starts guess, starts I, in the tunnels and rises to the sky. I, I, it's like I, a motif. I kind but, of uh, appreciate that though, because when you think about it, even from the poster, you know, okay, it's a giant flying monster. Okay, mm. you kind of have in your head where this is going to go, and then no, we're starting in a subterranean mine. Like I appreciate, mm. and the miners are like bickering. Like it's all yeah. about the miners for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest here. None of them should be honestly doing, you know, full time jobs. They're miners. I, I was hoping you'd resist. No, why could I not? <laughs> it's, uh, I was going to introduce this as a minor work, but you kind of skimmed over that and kind of jumped into it. So I had to, I had to find a new <sighs> joke. I was working on it. Um, but no, yeah, it's about a bunch of coal miners. And uh, they're, yeah, it's just they're going about their shifts, 
two of the guys have like a beef and they have like a drunken fight the night before and then they clock in for work and then they fight again and everyone's just like, ah, oh, these guys, right? Then they go down into the pits and then there is a water leak and one of the pits floods. Mm-hmm. And they have to get everyone out of there, but wouldn't you know it, the two guys who were fighting are still trapped on there. They don't know where they are. They go to investigate. They pull out one of the guys. They don't find the other one. They pull out one of the guys, and he has been murdered. He has been, like, sliced open in the head. Like, mm. he's... It's gross. He's he's really most sincerely dead. Yeah, but, like, he's dead in a way that's like... Did someone carve him open with a sword? Like, that's not like a rock fell on him. This is This is odd. And people are curious, people investigate, people start to suspect that that other guy, who's a local, people know him in town, that other guy might be responsible for the murder. Oh no, we've got a mysterious murder in the mines. That's what this movie is going to be about. Girlfriends are upset, wives are upset, everyone's like, no, it's okay, I'll, I'll console you. Yeah, no, it's okay, I think everyone's going to, what the hell is that off screen? And it's not <laughs> Rodan, it is a giant dragonfly larva. It's creepy. It's a really creepy looking creature. It's big. It's not like Godzilla big. It looks like I don't know, like a, like a bus, like the it's size not, of a it's bus. Not, it's not quite that. I think it's only about ten feet long. Okay, so it's like it's like the size of a big van, yeah. basically. Like it's it's definitely way too huge. It could legitimately intimidating. Um, and I love it when they start talking because they did this thing, especially early on, when they're introducing each new monster, where they try to equate it to something that we know. Yeah. But they never just say, oh, it looks kind of like something. You'll recall when we did Godzilla Raids again, um, it wasn't just, oh, Godzilla is fighting an Ankylosaurus. Well, that's clearly not an Ankylosaurus. So instead of saying he's fighting something like an Ankylosaurus, we're just going to say, oh, no, Ankylosauruses are just totally like that. And also, sometimes we call them Anguruses. And I'm like, no. I, I don't know the Japanese word for Ankylosaurus. Uh, here's what I do know is that when they say in that movie, and everyone knows that Ankylosaurus are 100% total carnivores. <laughs> I don't even think we believe that then. We can take one look at that yeah. skull and tell you that that's not true. So what they're doing is they're taking just a hint of science, and then they're, just for legitimacy, and then they're de-sciencing it right in front of our eyes in order mm. to get a movie out of it. So when a science guy... Which, I, you know, I, I, I kind of like that. I, I'm not yeah. objecting, I'm just pointing it out. I think it's worth noting. So when the science guy, and my God, what a great role. I would kill, for. we've talked about this in horror movies a lot. There's oftentimes a character in a horror movie who's literally just there to show up about halfway through the second act. Uh-huh. Maybe two thirds of the way through the movie. And they're just an expert on the thing. They're a college professor, they're oh, yeah, a priest, yeah. someone who's fought the monster before, something. And they're literally just there to explain the premise and the rules. And then mm. get the fuck out. Yeah. That's one of the great movie roles, as far as I'm concerned. I would kill oh, for that role to be the guy who just, just comes delivers in the exposition, and goes, yeah. "Oh, I know. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know what your problem is. Uh, those are uh, you know, the fossil record says that there were always giant dragonflies the size of Buicks. Uh, we call them mega nulons. Mega mega nulons. Mega nulons. Meganulons. Meganulons. Uh, probably. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, you know, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, they, they, you've read in books, and everyone's well, yeah. like, "Oh yeah, sure, I did the reading. Sure, the Maganulons." We, we, yeah, we've talked about this. One of my favorite examples is the movie Sinister. Yeah, where um, 
uh, Ethan Hawke is in a haunted house. It's like I, I have all these like weird, weird symbols appearing on the walls, and clearly it's haunted, yeah. and people are gonna die. I better call an expert. Yeah, somebody who knows about this occult stuff. And he he calls up Vincent D'Onofrio, mm. who is literally on Skype. Literally like, skypes like, in the whole performance. Yeah, yeah. so he's he's just literally phoning in his performance, and he more or less just says. Oh, you got a, a bagul problem. Yeah, bagools are always all about that. Yeah, that's yeah. your problem. That, that's a bagool. You got a bagool there. <laughs> What's funny is that Vincent D'Onofrio played the exact same type of character uh, in uh, the movie Rings. That's right. Uh, there was the American remake of The Ring, and then there was like a, another The Ring, which... It was, called, it was called The Ring 2. Ring 2, which might have gone T-W-O. straight to video. Like, or no, no, The Ring 2 was in the theaters. Might, okay, yeah. then the, I think it was the third one that did, whatever. But like then they retried to like do a soft reboot. Yeah. Everything you've seen is canon, but we don't really need to... Yeah, delve well, into it rings, too much. Like years later. Yeah, yeah and yeah. rings and rings sucks. Oh yeah, rings. Yeah. It's like one interesting idea that they do away with after about thirty minutes, and then it's just a bad movie. But he shows up again in in like I, I thought it was the same character. I thought they were building a universe. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been keen? That would have been funny. A... Get to see uh, uh, like Samara versus Bagul. Well, <laughs> great. Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, in yeah, any case, great, wonderful, just a guy who's just there adjusting his glasses and just looking at a book. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally a thing that we know. Yeah, sure. McGanulons. <laughs> you know, like in books. And like, no, he's, he, he looks like he's looking around, like waiting for someone to call him on it. Yeah. Like, no, no one did the reading. Okay, I'll just call them Meganulons and see if anyone notices. Yeah, that's that's a Meganulon. Yeah, but they're actually the twist actually reminds me a lot of the Gareth Edwards uh, remake of Godzilla. Oh, because the, yeah, it's kind of a fake out. It's on a the fake monster, out because yeah. you're expecting Rodan. You expect you've seen the posters. You this was actually heavily advertised in America, like on television. We know there's a giant Pteranodon monster in there. Cool, that's what we're here for. So. Just like when Brian Cranston was like investigating this like mysterious giant monster, and you think to yourself, "Oh, that's that's how Godzilla's going to get unleashed," and then Brian Cranston finds out it's not, and it's actually a Muto. Yeah, it's the new monster. It's a new monster, which honestly I thought was reasonably clever. You know, kept us guessing a little bit. You know, like, oh, okay, cool. That's good, how we're doing. Good, yeah. good little twist, especially yeah. you. You knew what you're getting into there. Yeah, exactly. It, it works just fine. And here, Rodan is doing the exact same thing, and we get this ancillary monster uh and these these megalons are uh or meganulons sorry yeah they're creepy little little beasts aren't they mm-hmm. and we get to see them in like the costume looks pretty good and we get to see them like crawling up like hillsides and stuff as they're like shooting at him and the meganulons just like no fuck that and he like grabs a guy and tosses him and he runs back into the cave and that's when they find out there's actually a whole bunch of those damn things and it's like that's not good oh mm-hmm. and um they eventually uh, create, like, a, there's a big cave-in, mm. and they think, okay, great, we, we solve this Meganulon problem. And then it turns out that that cave-in let loose a gigantic football field-sized Pteranodon. Yeah. Whose, and, uh, whose wings are so which, powerful it creates sonic booms and destroys buildings. Which uh, we don't see for a while. Like, we don't, no. there's not sort of the glory shot of Rodan flying up out. It's yeah. like, we get that glimpse. We, we get that bit. in uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, the newer Monsterverse version. We, mm. we like emerges from a, from a mountain and it's really gigantic. And yeah. pretty, I love the Rodan sequence in that movie. I think they give <sighs> a really great sense of scale. Like he just looks mm. huge and menacing. And I love, I, I love it. Um, uh, but, uh, at first, he's, uh, at first but, he's flying around like a UFO. Yeah, well, that I was going to say, a secondary mystery begins. And yeah. uh, so th- this movie's really 
holding back on us. Mm. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, I'm okay that it's taken its sweet time because in total the movie's 82 minutes. Yeah. So we're going to get there pretty soon. I, I have an issue with it, but I'll save it for, mm. for a bit later. Yeah, but like I, pilots I, start seeing this UFO thing yeah. and there's and it's, and going it's super fucking, fast. Yeah. And it's going like, like Maverick. Like, it's like, seriously, it's like, what if the <gasps> Top next... Top Gun Rodan. Top Gun Rodan is not a bad pitch. It's basically just flying around at, like, supersonic speeds and a whole bunch of aircraft are, like, trying to shoot it out of the sky and then it, like, chops them in half with its wings. And you're like, when did this movie start kicking ass? This yeah, is, like, really cool, actually. It's, it's really awesome. I, I, I kind of regret that I didn't watch Rodan as part of, yeah. like, my Godzilla research back when I was first watching these movies. Uh, because yeah, this one really kind of sets the precedent in sort of visuals, mm. in terms of tone, in terms of all yeah, all the music, the, the yeah. things we were talking about, uh, and just how much fun it is to watch. Here's here's my problem with it though, and this mm. there's everything that we're describing is stuff that I liked. Yeah. I like the monster designs. I like the mythology of it. I like the way that it it's, layers itself. It's not just one monster attacking over and over again. It builds and builds and surprises us with some of the places where it takes us and. You know, like, okay, so we're going to have this giant monster. Okay, yeah, but what if it's also really fast? And I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't even thought of that. I assumed it would be, like, really slow, you know? But, like, no, 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 no. It's the fucking, what if the Red Baron in World War One was a monster? And I'm like, that's an awesome pitch. I love that pitch. That's fucking great. But there's something missing. Okay. In this chunk of the movie. And by the time we get to the third act, there's so much action, I don't care. But in the first half, two-thirds or so... There's something, and it's something that I think we take for granted. I think it's sometimes something we, I think also it's sometimes something we sometimes criticize uh-huh. when it's done badly, forgetting that when it we kind of need it to be done well. There is almost no human drama. It is just human exposition for ninety percent of this. You'll note that we haven't named any of the human characters. There, aside from like the two guys who have like a beef, and like one guy. Uh, one of the guys is um, you know, uh, emerges from the from the rubble, and they say he's got amnesia. It's more like he's catatonic or heavily traumatized. Yeah. He just can't tell anyone what he's seen. Um, but apart from that, there isn't. I mean, listen. There's shitty ways to do it. There's tacked on love triangles. There's you know some sort of po- political thing, political there is, stuff. A you know, up of some kind. Someone yeah. trying to prove something to their dad or whatever. Like, there's all kinds of a million things you could have. The human beings. Mm-hmm. doing and invested in before the monster attacks and without that every time the humans are on camera it's a little dry and again you don't want it done badly but you do want it done i think mm. because without that you run into the idea that all of these characters who were stuck with because Rodan doesn't talk mm. all of these characters who were stuck with are incredibly boring and could not have carried a movie without Rodan. And mm. as a result, I'm not invested in them. I don't really care about well, them very much. Uh-huh. And a lot of these dialogue scenes are just kind of plotting. Yeah. When a, it, with a D, not a T. When, and a T, I suppose. Because yeah, it's com- establishing its position. Yeah, when it comes to uh, what you're talking about, the, the sort of human characters that don't have a lot of personality in Godzilla movies, mm. uh, there's two ways you can do disaster movies. You can focus on the, the humans. Yeah. And so when they're in peril, you're scared for them. It's the Irwin Allen uh, approach. Yeah. You yeah, know, uh, there's a whole bunch of different Irwin, characters yeah. who 
Irwin yeah. Allen's shortcut was cast celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not know the character, but you care about Shelley Winters. And sure. You're, you're going to want to care if she survives. Yeah, and, as, um, and, and you just give them like these kind of heightened little bits of melodrama. It's like, you know, oh, I have to try to get... Yeah. I, I'm, I, I lost my son. I'm trying to find my son. Great. I'm invested. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. But it's something. Yeah. And without it, you got nothing. Um, but then the other approach you said? Uh, the other approach is, and this is one that... Uh, is pretty much unique to a lot of the Godzilla movies and a lot of kaiju movies from Japan. Uh, it's not a human drama, but it's the drama of the system. Mm. Uh, like, if, if you were to go to Law & Order, it's like, yeah. you, you might have your favorite cops, you might have your favorite lawyers, but that's really about the legal system and and the police system. Yeah, most of them don't have a lot uh, of subplots that involve, like... Mm what they were doing that day. Well, that yeah. that became really more common, like in SVU or in Criminal Intent, when it became a little bit more about the characters. But you go to the original Law and Order, it's about yeah. the law and the order. And the personalities uh, come through the plotting. Exactly. Yeah. The, the plot and the system is what we're kind of examining. But you still uh, need that writing. You still need the characters to yeah, emerge from and, that. And there's... Law and Order has always been very good about like having a certain kind of snap to the dialogue and you know a certain and, type and, of personality. And casting goes a very long. Yeah, way. it's true. You, yeah. you got Richard Belzer and Ice T in there. You know yeah. where you're standing. Yeah. Uh, with something like uh, the kaiju movies with Godzilla, and this is especially true of Shin Godzilla, but mm-hmm. it's true here. Uh, Rodan is a crisis. Yeah. Rodan is a disaster of some kind, yeah. and it's, it's fact, about. It's, it starts off as a mining disaster. It mm. turns into a murder mystery. It turns into like uh, a UFO disaster. There, yeah. There's even a bit early on, and this might be the earliest I've ever seen this referenced in a movie where they're talking about global warming. Yeah, they actually yeah, just say this, you know global warming is totally a thing. Maybe this is something this to do with that. In fifty six, I'm yeah, like it's... Jesus. I, I literally cannot remember a movie that referenced global warming casually or otherwise. Mm. Before that, yeah, as yeah. like an actual thing, scientists are talking about as a man-made problem. Mm. Damn, <laughs> cool. All right, yeah. Uh, so this is about a, a some sort of scientific crisis that mm. needs to be solved somehow, and it's about uh, kind of the practical mechanics required mm. to take care of an extraordinary problem like a Rodan. Yeah, uh, and. Often a really good story is just watching people who are good at their job trying to solve a problem. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But I and do think coming he, up with novels, yeah. it doesn't matter who says it necessarily. Mm. But if somebody shouts out a very novel solution, the audience can say, "Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, try this special coded missile that'll penetrate a Rodan." Because you know, it's completely, <laughs> it's completely stupid, ridiculous, non-scientific stuff. But, but it's something. It's something, and it it uh, smacks of. It, intuition and, and ingenuity. But both of those approaches that you discussed, the idea we're going to have human drama that gets interrupted by the monster mm. or the monster is the impetus for uh, sort of uh, bureaucratic yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, a the, drama. The bureaucracy is the main character. Something. You, yeah. you need drama in both of those cases. And yes. In human drama, you have a lot of emotional stuff, family issues, love, whatever it is. Mm. But if you're going to do the bureaucratic route, there still needs to be some drama. There still needs to be some conflict well, besides the monster. I there's think. Ri- well, there's rising action. It's it's um, R- rising action is just it's like a steady. heist. It's like a heist. You know, you try something and it doesn't quite work, uh, so you have to pivot and try something different. But, that but, kind of stuff. But here's the different. Here's the thing, though, is that that's that what we have here is pretty much just rising action. Yeah, it doesn't really fall, so it no, doesn't. Well, re- and, and I'm okay with that for only 82 minutes. Well, even but even for 82 minutes, I thought this pushed it a little bit, and I was starting to see why. Okay, because I remember like when again when the Gareth Edwards movie came out, and it focused so much on uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen, 
Hmm. And everyone and 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 to be fair, they they kept Godzilla off camera on purpose. I didn't hate it, but they pushed it probably too far. Mm. Like a lot of people were like, I didn't get to see a lot of Godzilla in this Godzilla movie. I'm like, yeah, they probably should have pulled that out a little sooner. Mm. But regardless, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen, who can be really good actors, especially Elizabeth Olsen, mm. they've they've got nothing. They're yeah. boring. Boring characters. <laughs> they're just absolute they're they're just Wonder Bread toast, and they're barely toasted. They're just, and there's nothing on them. Just bleh. so it can be done really, really badly. And when that movie came out, everyone's like, "Why do we even need the human characters?" And I'm like, "You do because pacing. We need variety. We need something in here in the middle. We need to care about the people who were potential victims of this monster." Yeah. Uh, and there, there are a bunch of different ways to do it. We talked about a few. There are others, I'm sure. But Rodan doesn't have a lot of them and as a result I got a little bored with it in the middle until it picked up again. Okay. So it's a critique. It's not the end of the world. It's it's but it's, it's a, a critique. It's a fair critique, um, but I, I'm I'm okay with stories that don't necessarily have that human element. Hmm. Um I think sometimes uh seeing a problem and seeing the solution hmm. is a good enough story for me. Uh, am I going to emotionally connect with it? Well, kind of, because I'm part of a bureaucracy. I'm, I'm part of a system, and my, and my, and my city is going to be destroyed by this disaster. Okay, but here's the, no, here's the deal, Whitney. Okay, you're, it's, you're, it's, you're not, actually, because when a Rodan strikes Los Angeles, uh-huh. they're not going to say, okay, get all the film critics together. <laughs> Guys, you've seen some movies. What should no, we do? They're not, we are not part of that bureaucracy. We're not part of- we are pawns in the game of life. Speaking We're of not which, moving the pieces. Speaking of which, that that like exposition character uh-huh. that, that comes in in the middle and explains everything. There was a film critic in um, uh, uh, the Devil's Rejects. Oh yeah, the Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They needed somebody to come in and explain the serial killers, and they got this very Gene Shalit type film critic yeah. to come in and explain because they were because the, the the serial killers in that movie they took all, all of their aliases from Marx Brothers movies. Yeah, and so they needed a guy because this is before anyone had the internet. They needed a guy who knew all about Marx Brothers movies to say, yeah, that's a Marx Brothers name. Here's a list of every Marx Brothers name. Mm. Put them all on an APB. <laughs> and it was like, you know what? That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. So I to see a film critic be helpful. Um, as opposed to The Lady in the Water, where we're useless and die. Literally yeah, yeah. the only character in that movie who this, dies. Like, moss-covered ape monster yeah, thing. Yeah. Really, really. And it's one, of, it's one of those movies where uh, they're mean to critics and, like, you're watching it at the critic screening, and you're like, "Um, I'm right here." Dude. Although, uh, go bringing it back around to Godzilla yeah. you know, and Mayor Ebert from the 1998 oh, yeah. version, <laughs> um, and, and his, and his Michael, psychic, psychic Gene, Gene, yeah, yeah his sidekick was Gene. Uh, Michael Lerner played yeah. Mayor Ebert, and yeah. uh, Roger Ebert, of course, reviewed that movie. And uh, and he was upset that they didn't kill him. I, like, I would have wanted G- to be killed. Yeah, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel are in this Godzilla movie. It's like okay, they put put me in this movie clearly because I gave Roland Emmerich's previous movies some like bad reviews. Yeah, they they have it out for us, and you didn't even squish us. It's yeah, like, have him step on us, do something terrible to yeah. us. And then he, he said, uh, it's like, that that's a great tribute, and now I just want a, an Ingmar Bergman movie, where <laughs> the people read my reviews in hushed tones on a darkened stage. Um, anyway, back to uh, uh, back to Rodan. Uh, Rodan is flying around, like, taking down fighter jets, and he's starting to destroy a whole bunch of cities. 
And again, the city destruction looks better than ever. It's in broad daylight now. Yeah. It's in bright color. Um, there's a lot of good, satisfying destruction in it. And just when it seems like they might have this Rodan guy like down, they've got him surrounded by tanks. <laughs> this Rodan guy. Yeah, they got him. They just, they, we got him. Okay, we got him pinned down. We're shooting at him so much, he can't take off. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, we're going to settle this whole Rodan thing today. We can knock it out before lunch. First round's on me. And then all of a sudden, and this is fun, but it also feels like cheating. A second Rodan shows up. <laughs> Just as, just as his wingman, if you will. Just a, oh, well, what a no, that's, that's, that's that, fair. That one's fair, right? right? Come on. But like his wingman I'll, I'll, shows I'll up. I'll definitely let you have that one. And he's, he's just like, hey, we don't take kindly to people who don't take kindly to Rodan's. <laughs> and so they, they kill a whole bunch of people and then they fly off and uh, they realize that uh, they're birds. They're basically nesting. And they're yeah. nesting in a big volcano. Uh, and they decide they're going to uh, capture them in the volcano and volcano them to death. And that's the big plan yeah. at the end of the movie. Which, you know, fine. fine. It's fine. You gotta, you gotta stop them somehow. I get it. I, I buy that better than freezing Godzilla in, like, a, in a, a navel. Yeah, like, lava, lava will get you. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't, lava will harden a lot more like constrictively than ice will, especially yeah. if you're if you've got like radioactive heat breath and can melt it. My thing with the ending of this movie, though, is I think they overplayed their hand a little bit because they take down the mountain. There's a barrage of heavy explosions. And the Rodan, like, one of the Rodans, like, tries to escape. Uh-huh. And then it gets, like, its wings caught in the lava, and it gets caught on fire, and it's flopping around. And mm-hmm. it goes from being intimidating to being kind of pathetic and sad. And like, oh, this, yeah. Like it did, and now, oh, that, now that, all that we really did to, was kill an animal. Yeah, that, it adds to that animal quality. It's, it's well, this disaster. It's like, oh, wait, we just we just killed a thing. We just killed an animal. Like, there's, like, a tragic there, There's no one it, in yeah. the movie, like there was in the original Gojira, who's just like, it's, it's sad that we killed this thing. Yeah. But then, but, there, but there, it, there's not like that sort of triumphant hunter tone either. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so glad we we're oh, so, like, we're so good at murdering I, animals. I, I appreciate yeah. that, but it's, it it is a downer. But that would have been bad enough. But then, remember, there are two Rodans. The other Rodan goes up, like emerges from the mountain, hmm. sees the other Rodan dying, and decides to die with it mm-hmm. because it would be lonely. Yeah. And it like it like rolls on them and like also gets on fire and they shriek and they die and honestly that bummed me out for the rest of the day (laughs) that was like some old yeller type shit like why did we do that why did we have to make it It, it's already kind of depressing just because we killed a rare special nearly Mm. extinct creature what why why did we also have to make it like because it can a murder love. Well, yeah, but why did we do that? What are we getting out of we, this? What's in it for you? We learned too late that Rodans were feeling creatures. He tampered in Rodan's domain. <laughs> Godzilla's domain, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, the, end, the ending uh, uh, unexpectedly uh, hold on, hold got me. Hold on, hold on. Pause. Um, the yeah. the he learned too late. Man is a feeling creature. Is from a movie called It Conquered the World. Yes. So you, you've heard me saying that a lot. So I just wanted to, to stop and explain my reference. And if you and if you and I and I say a lot, he tampered in God's domain, which is mm. the last line of dialogue from the classic Ed Wood movie, Bride of the Monster, mm. uh, where uh, Bela Lugosi ends the movie 
fighting a giant octopus that he made. Mm. Except the giant octopus machine didn't work very well, so it was just Bela Lugosi flopping around mm. on a faked octopus, trying to grab its tentacles and kill himself with it. The, and and it's, then it's it's pretty corny looking, but yeah. the editing at least you know it, it, it works better than you t- might takes think. It maybe twenty percent of the way. Let's not pretend it works. And then as he's fighting the giant octopus. Mm. He explodes into like a mushroom cloud. Oh. And then a whole bunch of people who, again, we know from the geography of the film, maybe 30 feet away from that mushroom cloud, oh. are watching Bell Lugosi and this octopus explode in an explosion that could take out an entire metropolitan city. And then they look at him and go, He tampered in God's domain. <laughs> like, he, well, he made it. <laughs> Yes, I guess. But Just, like, I don't justice think... is served. He, Dude, he wrestled a radioactive octopus. Yeah. I hated them. Tuesdays, am I right? Right? Oh my god. Um, forgot where I was going with this. Oh, uh, right. Some, some, some about the sad... You, well, you said the, just, the, was, the was, sad Rodan ending kind of bummed you out. Because here's the deal. I really wasn't... I enjoyed parts of this movie. And I think it's kind of an impressive production. There's a really nice photography in it. Um... But I wasn't emotionally connecting to it the way that I did Gojira mm. or even Godzilla Raids again because that actually introduced some very likable side characters and I gave a crap when they died. Here it's way more academic. Yeah. And honestly, the one time I got actually invested in it was like the last 30 seconds of the movie when I got really sad and that's just the ending. You don't come back from it. There's no epilogue afterwards where it's mm. just like, you know, okay, well... It's sad that we had to kill Rodan, but thankfully we're all okay and we'll rebuild and, um, you know, we'll learn uh, so much from its corpse. I don't know. Like, uh, something like that. I don't know. Uh, so, it, it wouldn't be until um, uh, Pacific Rim, actually, that I'd mm. see a movie where uh, there oh, was yeah. like a whole industry about like salvaging monster corpses. Yeah, because like, like came up in the, in the wake of monster attacks. They're strange biological beings. People mm. like find uses for their bones, yeah. for the chemicals that their bodies excrete. And that was cool. Yeah, there was a, a, an element of that in one of the, uh, the Marvel movies. Uh, it's based on a comic book, actually, called Damage Control. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Marvel Comics, they somebody just said they used hey, that at was... a plot point in the Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, as well. it, that, yeah. that was the one, Spider-Man. Um, this idea that there are so many monster fights and so many weird alien invasions and giant robots and monsters and stuff. There, there needs to be just a, a human government bureau to like clean that stuff up and rebuild the buildings. It's yeah. all about the bureaucracy of the superhero world, and I like that. I like sort of the the mundane details. Um, we never get that from Godzilla movies. No. There's no, nothing about... It's bureaucracy of taking care of the monster, but there's no bureaucracy about cleanup. Yeah. And uh, maybe I'm the weirdo who would love to see the bureaucracy of monster cleanup, but, you know, I'm, I'm odd that way. I'm looking at um, the my notes for this movie. Luca, I will feed you when we're done with the podcast, as is tradition. <laughs> as is tradition, buddy. If you've ever uh, listened to one of our podcasts, know that as soon as we record, within five minutes, Luca gets treats. Luca, however, isn't really great at telling time. It's like, we're, we're usually these things go for at least 45 minutes, buddy. It's like, we're hmm. like minute 38. Be patient. <laughs> He'll get treats, don't worry. Um, I was looking over my notes, trying to see if there was anything like I noted that I had forgotten. And one thing I had written down was when uh, Rodan called in his big brother. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, you guys are dicks. I didn't come to your house and blow up your... Oh. <laughs> okay. I didn't destroy your... Okay. I guess we all have a lot of growing up to do. It's a fair cop. Yeah. But um, 
The other thing that I thought was just really just kind of funny, and it's not a big deal, and I wouldn't have saved it for last if I hadn't just forgotten it earlier. Uh, there's a scene in the movie, middle of the movie, where Dan is attacking, and we get, and we don't really, we, we still do this, but I feel like it doesn't become a centerpiece the way it used to be, of news reports from around the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes nowadays they'll get actual news reporters from around the world to do a quick... Hey, you're on. You're on camera. You want to say like something a, about Transformers? A really brief montage. Yeah. It's, a, it's not as highlighted as it used to be in older movies. Yeah, but here, like, it's a long montage of uh, uh, radio announcers in like Japan and China and the Philippines and anywhere that uh, Rodan could get to, uh-huh. uh, doing a long radio announcement in on the news. But what I thought was really funny was. The, every single one of these radio shows is apparently recorded by a modern podcaster because they're just sitting at a dining room table. They've got their like well, it's like we got a, like a Yeti X on a stand here, and the, the microphones they're using look like the one we're using here, uh, and yeah. and yeah, it's just sort of mounted on the table. Yeah, they're just sitting there in an empty room. Like the main difference between them is that one of them has a tablecloth. And everyone else has just got this. And and the one in the Philippines, when they cut to the the, the report in the Philippines, there isn't even a cable coming out of the mic, <laughs> which I feel is either like their technology was light years ahead of everyone else at the time, and they should have been sharing. But like that just really just struck me as very very funny because I'm like, oh, we're about to podcast, and oh, so is the film. Isn't that fun, Luca? What do you want? Do you want treats now? That is the look of a cat who wants treats now. <laughs> Excuse me, everybody. Uh, the pattern we'll, we'll, has been dissolved. You know, we'll, we'll wrap up because I think we're uh, we're kind of done here. But I I see what you're saying about uh, sort of the sad ending to Rodan. Um, I I think adding that bit of tr- yeah you know, that bit of tragedy right at the end is you know just a, a little bit of a way to add drama. Sure. And what it does is something that the previous Godzilla films really didn't do, and that's give the monster a little bit more of a human personality. Yeah. Uh, and before they were just sort of destructive monsters. Well, and and for most of Rodan, that's true. But at the very end, we learn, oh, it had like... Feelings. A, a little, yeah, a little bit more of a, a human-like quality well, to because, it. Well, because this... Whether or not Rodan was... Like, later on, Rodan will be intelligent. Will actually, like, yeah. speak word. Like... What? Yeah, Rodan and Godzilla will speak at some point, because... Uh, but not English. Translated. Well, you know what I mean. Like, they'll be, they'll be like, Rawr! and the, like, there's, there's a, there's gonna be some subtitled scenes. Uh, in at least one of them. Really? Movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But awesome. mo- mostly, I think it's like uh, aliens, or maybe it was Mothra's mm. fairies, uh, like translated uh, monster. Oh, monster okay. All right, all right, that's fine. Okay, Go- Godzilla says "fuck off," like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, watch your language, Godzilla. They're kids present. No, it's more of a Gamera's <laughs> thing, I suppose. But um, <laughs> Gamera would say language, Godzilla. <laughs> Gamera just say language? What do we? Um, okay, so so uh, Gamera is more like Nick Offerman's character from Parks and Recreation, like kind of <laughs> kind, of, kind of gruff but very straight laced. Uh huh. Got it. Godzilla's I, more I, of a I, chaos I, agent. I, I never watched that show. Godzilla's is Aubrey okay. Plaza. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like Aubrey Plaza in a vacuum. She was she was Grumpy Cat. She was. She was the, the voice Grumpy, of Grumpy Cat, Cat movie. That was a very good movie, actually. Was it Grumpy Cat's worst Christmas ever. Yeah, it's actually like a that, very yeah. funny movie. Actually, it was a TV movie starring Grumpy Cat and the mm. uh, helping a kid save a mall from thieves and, at uh, Christmas. 
Uh, R.I.P. Grumpy Cat. Yeah. Grumpy Cat passed away a couple of years ago, but um, yeah. Grumpy Cat's real name was Tartar Sauce. Ah, Tartar Sauce. Bless you, Tartar Sauce. I, th- really I think they changed Tartar Sauce's name to Grumpy Cat after well, after Grumpy Cat became phenomenal. It's just a, it's just a common nickname. There was never a cat kaiju, was there? King Caesar is a dog. King Caesar is a dog. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck Gigan is. So. No, I mean, I can think of a couple of like giant cat things like uh one of the power rangers mechs was a giant like saber tooth oh, tiger yeah. oh and there was a voltron that was like made up yeah of voltron cats. was made yeah. up of nothing but cats although i don't think there was ever a live action voltron but yeah, so there have yeah, been I'm cat stuff but yeah i don't really think there's been a proper i could be wrong maybe we'll mm. run into one but i don't think it's... there has been a proper cat kaiju if, if i have one in my brain i can't pull it up right now yeah. so, so somebody might be yelling at if you if you if you can think of a proper cat kaiju that is out there, especially from something Godzilla or Godzilla adjacent. Uh, please let us know, because apparently we cannot remember one. Um, and fish. What was I going to say? I guess that's it. Um, mm. Rodan. We're going to run into Rodan about a, a half dozen more times uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, Rodan was pretty popular. In fact, uh, Rodan had a big action figure in 1979, like a really just giant one. And when I was watching the movie, all of a sudden I remembered, holy crap, we had one of those. Oh, you, we, you, you had the, the Rodan action figure? Yeah, we actually had a Rodan uh, uh, action figure. And it was a big giant one, and its wings would flap, and its claws would open. And that's probably sitting in an attic somewhere at my parents' house. And out of curiosity, I was like, oh, I wonder what that goes for nowadays. Mm-hmm. On eBay today, open box, okay, broken, broken, nearly eight hundred dollars. So yeah, go, 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 in, go into your go attic. Digging. Yeah, I guess I gotta go digging because holy crap, that's that's nuts. And then I was looking at it and like I love some those, of the, those early yeah. uh, Godzilla toys, yeah, are well, fetching high prices. There, there's like there was like a Godzilla toy that like had detachable elements, and people only had like the fist, and even that was just the fist. It's going for a couple hundred bucks. Like, I guess someone's trying to complete their Godzilla or something and might need yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I was like, holy crap, what the shit? That sounds awesome. Um, anyway, next time on Thank Godzilla, it's Friday. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're get back to Godzilla in a few movies. But we've got a few other uh, a few other digressions. And the next one we've got is a 1957 sci-fi film called The Mysterians. Which is about Earth's defense team fighting guys. And they're trying to stop extraterrestrials from blowing us up and shit. And oh my god, I think I had action figures for this too. Um, well, I'm looking at the poster and I'm like, I totally had that UFO in a box. Yeah, the, you might recognize uh, like a big robotic kind of beaked bird monster. It looks like Croti Robot mm. from Mystery Science Theater. Uh, and that's Mogera. And uh, Mogera is, it's piloted. I don't think it's, mm. it's a conscious thing. Um, actually, I haven't seen The Mysterians, so I don't yeah. know about the origins no, I'm very of excited Mogera. About but Mogera actually. would show up much, much later mm. in... Uh, a 1994 movie called Godzilla vs. Yeah. Space Godzilla. Yeah, which was um, one of the uh, 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 Heisei-era Godzilla movies. Yeah. Uh, he was also on the TV series Godzilla Island... Uh, which ran in the 1990s. We will not be doing Godzilla Island because we agreed we would only do the movies. Also, there were 256 episodes of Godzilla Island. Mm. To be fair, they were three minutes long. 
But that's still a lot. We're not doing that. Yeah. But for the sake of being thorough, uh, uh, the, the, the giant robot thingy is going to show up there M- too. Mogera. Mogera. Yeah. Sorry. I, I haven't seen it yet, so it's not like imprinted in my brain. Right. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the Mysterians next time on Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. And I'm looking forward to this one. This is going to be fun. It looks cool. And again, I seriously, like we had some of these action figures when I was a kid. I'm like, I'm legitimately stoked to finally see this movie. Um, so yeah. Uh, join us if you want the complete list of all the movies that are currently on uh, our uh, our agenda, our, our calendar, our schedule mm-hmm. for Thank Godzilla's Friday. I know a lot of people have said they wanted to watch along with us. Uh, you can check that out on my Letterboxd page. Just look for my name, William Bibiani, uh, and it's on a list. And uh, that is the list is subject to change. We've already uh, made a couple of alterations. Of people, as people have pointed out, hey, what about this movie? And we're like, oh shit, we forgot that movie. So. And by all means, if you have a suggestion, let us know. We're not guaranteed to take it, but we are interested. Um, if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear next week's episode right now, assuming, of course, you're listening to this on our main podcast feed, well, our patrons over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network, everyone, no matter what the tier, uh, gets to hear episodes a week in advance. So if you're listening to this episode on the main podcast feed, you can listen to the Mysterians episode Right now, if you sign up for our Patreon or if you're already a member. Thank you to everyone who is a member on our Patreon. It is your contributions that keep us going. We couldn't do it without you. We wouldn't want to do it without you. Uh, And we hope you're enjoying the additional programs we have on our Patreon page. Those programs include, for anyone who might want to join, uh, we've got Only the Best. We're reviewing every single uh, film ever nominated for Best Picture. Only the Best International Edition, we're reviewing every single film ever nominated for Best International Feature at the Academy Awards. Only, I'm sorry, not only, All Our Yesterdays, which is our Star Trek podcast, we review every single episode of Star Trek ever. We do commentary tracks, we're about to record one uh, sometime this week, probably, for Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. Uh, We do Discord Hangouts, Trivia Nights, uh, and there's a whole back catalog of us covering the Adam West Batman television series, Firefly, Firefly. Disney movies, TV movies of yore, uh, they're all available there on the Patreon. Whitney has uh, written and produced multiple radio shows. That's right, 30-minute audio dramas with full casts and some music, all, all that. And uh, people who uh, subscribe at our uppermost tier get those for no additional fee. However, if you just want to hear them, you can always contact them and maybe Venmo yeah. a little bit of cash and they'll send you a download. Yeah, yeah. If, if you want to, yeah. yeah, I'll just email you an MP3. Uh, just contact me through one of the socials. I'm on... The, the Twitter and the Instagram. If you want to support me and my partner, I'm Lampas Da Silva even more. We have a Patreon called patreon.com slash saltcatsoap. Uh, we make, design, uh, and uh, and produce our own soap. They're in wonderful, uh, fabulous designs. Uh, and we uh, ship them out to people as a sort of soap of the month club. Uh, that is uh, continental United States only at the moment, but if you would like to subscribe, it's at patreon.com slash And if you want them shipped internationally, you can check us out at our Ko-Fi store, ko-fi.com slash saltcatsoap. And uh, we don't have every single one of our soaps there, but uh, we have what remains of our previous soaps, uh, what didn't get shipped out, the extras that we've produced. Uh, we also sell uh, stickers, uh, signed books uh, written by my partner, M. Lampas Da Silva, and a whole bunch of other stuff over there. So uh, thank you to everybody who's done that. Thank you to everybody who follows us on Twitter, at Critic Acclaim. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. If you want to email us about anything we discussed in this episode, my God, there's so much to talk about. If you want to email us, our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We'd love to hear from you. 
uh, and we might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, send us an actual physical letter to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if uh, uh, you don't want to do that, but you still want to support the show, and you can't afford the Patreon, we totally get it, but if you could leave us a review wherever you find us, star rating, a couple of sentences... And uh, since thank you, uh, thank Godzilla. It's Friday is new. If you could uh, spread the word, we've had some really nice people uh, sharing it on yeah. their Twitter feeds and their Instagrams, letting people know there's a new Godzilla podcast on the block. Feedback has been really nice so far. Thank you to everybody, and I think that's finally that's about it, it. As yeah. my voice dies, so <laughs> thank you everybody once again. We'll see you next Friday when it will also be Godzilla. Rawr. Rawr.